From the heart of Rune Terror, this is League of Legends Radio with your host, Ponderous Sea Lion. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to League of Legends Radio. I'm your host, Ponderous Sea Lion, and uh, we've got a very professional, not rambly, super great episode for you. I don't ramble at all. I'm very concise and to the point, as I always am. Um, yeah, that's accurate. That is 100% accurate about this episode. Anyways, we've got a great interview with one of the animators at the YouTube channel Skurb. They do league animations, among other things, and so, uh, that's cool. I'd also like to thank our sponsors over at improveyourleague.com and at ComGamers, and you can look them up at Guess what? Improveyourleague.com and CG Esports. Again, you're listening to League of Legends Radio, and we'll be back with that interview right after this break. You're listening to League of Legends Radio. Again, our guest for this week is one of the talented animators at the YouTube channel Skurb. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's, we're, it's great to have you here. So uh, what inspired you and everyone else on your team to start doing these animations? Um, well, it would have been uh, last year. I, uh, I was in my third year of animation college, and I've always wanted to sort of start my own web series ever since I was in high school. I've always sort of followed Newgrounds and those animation sites. So um, after studying animation and playing League for a good three years, I realized that it hadn't really been done yet. There hadn't really been anyone that had made a sort of a League series uh, specifically for League. And so I sort of jumped on that. I mean, I loved animation. I loved League. So it sort of seemed like the right thing to do. So about how long would it take you to do uh, maybe two-minute animation if from concept to finished product? Uh, on average, I guess, you could say around between 20 to 40 hours. Um, it really depends on how um, clean I sort of want the end product to be. Um, sometimes I can spend a lot more time on it um, because doing things like traditional animation or frame-by-frame um, -frame animation takes a lot longer than, uh, say, a lot of the puppetry animation that a lot of people do in Flash, and so trying to find a balance between there generally gets me between 20 to 40 hours. Um, and that's more or less for a minute animation. Um, if, if it was two minutes, it would definitely be more on the 40 end mark. Okay. And uh, what, what direction do you guys plan on, on taking your channel in the future? Um, well, we've actually got some pretty big plans. Um, we've, I've recently just um, sort of joined up with my mate Arcadian and he's been doing the tip videos and stuff and we plan on um, expanding out to different games eventually uh, we just recently started streaming and um, we've got um, a cut, quite a big plan actually to end up um, building into a platform that um, we're, we're basically hoping to build um, something that other people can sort of join and we can help people out that want to get creating and um, basically hopefully you guys will be able to see that eventually but yeah, it's, we've got actually a really big um, long-term plan, and we're currently in the stages of working towards that and making it all sustainable, so it's pretty exciting. So yeah, I mean, obviously this is 
these are pretty big productions you do. So what are some of the uh, maybe the bigger difficulties you guys have to overcome on a regular basis? Well, at the moment, definitely living. Um, I mean, we're doing this full time now and um, it's not it's not exactly the easiest thing to do making uh, money through YouTube. And so uh, we're kind of trying to optimize that at the moment. Uh, definitely not making enough for it to be sustainable yet. Um, that's what we're working towards. And I think once we sort of got to a point where we're, when we're able to be making enough from what we're doing, then we can start really focusing on um, building it much bigger because obviously we have to pay rent and, and all that sort of stuff. So finding sponsors and things is probably one of the biggest struggles we're going through at the moment. Yeah, I can see trying to make a living off YouTube being difficult. I mean, uh, speaking of YouTube, are there any content creators or anyone of that nature that you would, you've either worked with in the past and you enjoyed, or you're looking to work with them or, you know, you just maybe admire them from afar or, um, are there any, any, anyone like that? Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, I've always been um, a big fan of league content creators. Obviously Donkey is, um, sort of at the top of the list in terms of um, content creators for League. But I've been in contact with a lot um, of different creators. I mean, ranging from like lesser known ones with 5,000 subs or so to the more popular like 500,000 plus subs. And I've definitely had talks about uh, doing collaborations, but um, at the moment for us, that's more something we'll be looking at in the future when we sort of have the time to do that um, after we sort of got everything really rolling. And uh, just what what would a collaboration look like for you guys? Would it just be, you know, voice acting or on their part or, you know, helping write? Or what, what would you guys envision that as being? Um, well, I think basically uh, it could really be anything uh, due to animation sort of being reasonably versatile. Um, so voice acting is definitely... Uh, on the list. I mean, there's a lot of people that would be willing to do voice acting for us um, in, in order to help build themselves and build their uh, brand, and, and that way we can then build through them as well. Um, and it's the same thing with um, music. Uh, a lot of people make sort of parody music for League, and um, making animation to that works pretty well. And then even people like Donkey, um, they're they've had animators, oh, Donkey's had an animator um, do work for him before. And so our big YouTubers that just even just do plays and videos, um, a lot of them are interested in having animations on their channel too. Right, yeah. And um, what's maybe your favorite part of the animation process? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I The whole thing sort of, um, yeah, it's all got its own sort of individual uh, good parts. Um, the storyboarding itself uh, is actually, I find quite difficult. So writing the sort of script and storyboarding um, is still something quite new to me. And so I actually spend quite a bit of time on that. Um, and sometimes I'm still not um, that happy with how it is. But I mean, that's something that will come with time. Um, the actual animation, there's parts of it that are very tedious. But I think what I really like doing is um, when I first sort of draw a character they haven't drawn before and designing and um, sort of modeling, I guess, the character and figuring out how I'm going to draw it and then drawing it the first time. That's always fun um, because then I see it finished and it's like, it looks pretty cool. 
But basically, once it's all done and put together, I mean, that's sort of what I do it for because seeing the final product is really what drives me. Yeah, so how, I guess, or what does it look like? How difficult is it when you know see maybe Rengar or just any league champion and you have to sort of move them from you know the textures and everything that they have in League of Legends and move them onto your style of art? Uh, what, what is that like? Um, basically, um, the, f- the first thing I was trying to do was just simplify the character down as much as I could. Um, if you look at the very first videos I had, you'll notice the, um, the style is a lot simpler than it is at the moment. And that's because I just wanted to get the basic, basic features, um, and make it as simple for myself to animate as possible. Because if I was to be doing this every week, I'd need to simplify the process as much as I could. And so having simple, uh, cuter characters is a lot easier to animate than having really intense, uh, highly detailed characters. And over time, I've slowly managed to sort of add a bit of detail in and really refine the style. And I guess the more you sort of draw, um, the more you slowly start to realize uh, what style you like and you end up sticking to one. And so whenever I come across a new character, I'll kind of draw it in a few ways first. Um, I'll often have the model sheet uh, not the model sheet, there's like a model viewer uh, I'll have up just looking at the models and then the splash arts and stuff and just um, figuring out what parts I really need to put in and which parts I can sort of just leave out. Cool. Uh, I draw stick figures, so... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's all uh... good. I mean, look at the <laughs> stick figure spotlights and I know things are pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I guess as an animator, how impressive was a new dawn to you that that animation that riot did a couple months ago oh that was amazing i mean i'm not a uh, 3d animator but obviously i very much respect um the people in the field and that do that and so i can't do any 3d animation at all but it's amazing um i absolutely love watching all the animations that they come out with and um especially all the stuff that they um collaborate with um other YouTubers or personalities like I know recently they've done a um, collaboration with Domix and um, Jom to do the Timo. It's like a Timo remix, and I thought that was really cool because they got really involved with um, the community there, and um, it's really well produced because because it was um, partnered with Riot, like it was able to be. Um, but yeah, a new dawn was absolutely breathtaking. I'm pretty sure they actually showed that at my college last year. So, oh wow, it's like cool. at the. Uh... Like as an instructional tool or something? No, just to sort of be like, hey guys, look at this cool animation. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. that's pretty, that pretty awesome. And again, our guest for this week was Skurb. You can check them out on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and type in Skurb, S-C-U-R-B. They have a bunch of animations. They have actually some instructional videos. So uh, go check them out. You may have heard the news already, but High is not going to be the mid laner for Cloud9 anymore. And so I just want to do a quick thing, thanking him for all he's done for, you know, NA as a whole. And just how Cloud9 has really helped revolutionize NA and been big players in the metagame. You know, Lemon Nation being one of the first in NA to do Nautilus support and just stuff like that. How they've always sort of been ahead of the curve on on things like that. and how they've really 
Because in 2013, if you think back, they were just the best team by far, and nobody else could really touch them. But, you know, other teams are starting to catch up to them, and I feel like, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but Cloud9 has really brought NA into the bigger scheme of things, and they've made them a more major world player. And I know you're probably going to laugh at me and say, Faker will crush everyone in NA, but, you know, even if he does, which is completely possible, um, I just think that NA has benefited from having Cloud9 in it in so many ways. So, hi, if you ever listen to this, I mean, I know everyone at Cloud9 listens to League of Legends Radio. That's 100% true and not made up by me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you're if you're listening to this, which I doubt, but... Thank you, hi. Hashtag thank you, hi. Hashtag TYDFG. Tangents are fun. I'm really good at them. Anyways, so yeah, thank you, hi. Hey, so with the resurgence of tanks in the most current meta, I I just wanted to talk about meta shifts and kind of what causes those. And I think there's actually several contributing factors, but um, I think the first thing that's important to go over is that certain metas counter other metas, like... uh, you know, the the tank meta, in my opinion, counters the assassin meta, which is was the most recent one that we had, just because tanks are very good at peeling and just being, it's one more target that the assassin can't hit or can't really delete, like they can delete squishy champions. So in the assassin meta, if you're seeing, if the most previous meta was, you know, mages and kind of that sort of meta where you're seeing a lot of squishy champions that deal a lot of damage and aren't particularly mobile, then that's when the assassin meta comes in, and they assassins are just there to counter the the mages and take them out and give them grief. But when you start seeing things like Urgot and Cho'Gath, both of which do very well laning against assassins because they have a lot of anti-assassin in their kit, just with the silence, the knock-up, Cho'Gath is also... Well, both of them are actually very tanky mid laners, and I think that helps them 1v1 assassins effectively, not to mention the fact that both of them are pretty decent lane boys, I'd say. And, you know, when an assassin is silenced or suppressed, he's not really going to be doing anything. And as a Katarina main, this meta makes me sad. But it's just interesting to notice why certain meta shifts happen the way that they happen, in my opinion. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see just how the meta shifts like that because really the meta is defined by people. The meta game is just what people have found to be most optimal at this point in time. And as of 5.7, it just seems like tanks are the most optimal choice, but not only because of, well, actually mainly because of Cinder Hulk, let's be real, seeing top laners take smite and (laughs) just so they can get Cinder Hulk. And, you know, this is the exact same thing that we saw last season with the, um, Spirit of the Ancient Golem. It was the same thing happening, and I don't know why Riot decided that it would it would be a good idea to put that twenty five percent bonus health on a jungle item. Like, yes, it helps junglers out a lot, but just give the jungle item a flat amount and then make that a different separate item. That's what I would do personally, just because there's no reason why only tank junglers should benefit from that twenty five percent health. Like, it's forcing. I mean, not forcing, but it's making top laners want to take smite. That's how good the item is. And, I mean, that's different from last season, obviously, because you didn't have to take smite. 
to get the advantage of the 25% bonus health or whatever it was last season. But, I mean, the point still stands. If the jungle item is being bought by laners, then that either means that the jungle item is too good or it's giving the laners something that they want and can't get elsewhere. And that's what's happening here. I think, and I, I think it would also somewhat damage the tank meta, but, you know, Katarina player, that would be a-okay with me. But, um... In seriousness, I think that they really should create another item that gives similar benefits to junglers just because there's no reason why an item should be so good that it has to be bought by every single tank in the game except supports, but nobody cares about supports. Please don't leave me support mains. I still love you. Mwah. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think that just when an item like that is, yeah, I'm repeating myself, but. That's okay. You guys love the sound of my voice. So that's the only reason you're here. It has nothing to do with the people I interviewed. It's everything to do with me. I know. Don't worry. I, I, no. Rambling is good. Rambling makes for a good show. I know you guys love when I ramble, don't you? Tweet me at League of Legends Radio. That was some hella fine rambling. Thank you, thank you. Anyways, yeah, so I think that if Riot were to, you know, create another item, maybe it costs like... 27, 2800 gold, and it gives 200 health, and then you get that passive and maybe like 10% cooldown reduction, just something like that. That's just off the top of my head. And then they created that item, and then I don't think they really have to maybe take the damage down on Cinder Hulk a tiny bit, but I think overall it's in a pretty decent state. Um, besides that 25% bonus health, and just give it like 400 base health or whatever, and then they can build that second. And then I think if you do that, you'd see a lot of, I think that what's going to happen, and I could be wrong, but I think the hyper carry meta might come back because the hyper carries actually do pretty well in my experience against tanks just because they are good at dealing a lot of damage. Like Kog'Maw, he shreds tanks. That's what he does. It's just, that's Kog'Maw. He does mixed damage, I think. True damage, if I'm not mistaken. He might have true damage somewhere in his kit. I know he does with his passive, but it's not really ideal to uh, die to get your true damage off. But hashtag still better than Scion's passive. Um, Yeah, I think that Kog'Maw, you know, I guess Tristana's not as much of a hyper carry as she used to be. I wouldn't be surprised if Vayne starts seeing some more play. I mean, I don't think she's great right now, but... Silver bolts still hurt a lot, and um, yeah, I just I think that the meta because I mean it's kind of like a rock paper scissors type thing. Um, sustain damage beats tankiness, tankiness beats burst damage, and burst damage beats sustain damage, which is why you know mages and assassins beat eighty carries. Eighty carries can beat tanks. One, this is all one v one, which isn't that important in league, but just in general, this is how it works. And um, tanks can beat you know burst mages because they have that to rock paper scissors analogy good job michael um yeah so rock paper scissors teaching you more about league of legends just play a lot of rock paper scissors i think it improves your mechanics um you know do you guys do rock paper scissors shoot or just rock paper scissors and then and then you go i i've always I've always had debates about that. For me, it's the first one. It's the rock, paper, scissors, shoot. But 
my friends say it's just rock, paper, scissors. And that, that, that sounds stupid. I mean, why would you do that? You got to have rock, paper. Holy crap. This is the most rambling I've ever done. <laughs> this is going to be a great episode, guys. Just trust me. Trust me. I, I promise. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see what comes to uh, replace the tank meta because inevitably, you know, the tank meta is going to fall to some other meta and then that's going to fall to some other meta. But it's just like if the tank meta, if the hyper carry meta does come to play, I think that we could see a resurgence of um, either mages or maybe bruisers. Because I think bruisers are pretty good at reaching the uh, back line without getting too demolished by the hyper carries. They have a lot of them, like Irelia. I mean, Irelia is she's doing well, pretty well in this meta, anyways. But I'd still consider her more of a bruiser. Stuff like Jax, maybe. I don't know. But um, yeah, I'd like to see split pushing back in the meta. I really like split pushing. Stuff like Trindamir. Trindamir's fun. You guys should play Trindamir. Yeah. Trindamir. Anyways, um, yeah, so just, uh, yeah, I'd like to see what happens with that. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if, if the hyper carry meta does come though, I am a, I am a legend. You have to be like, wow, ponder sea line. You're so smart. How'd you get that smart? And then just say, you know, natural talent, nothing too major. <laughs> What is this episode? God. No one has any idea what I'm talking about. I barely have any idea what I'm talking about. This is going to be a fantastic episode. <laughs> God. But, yeah, I hope that the tank meta does not stay too long. It's funny, though. Like, on the boards, right, it's official boards that nobody visits ever, except me and, like, four other people. But, um, anyways, those... Yeah, they exist, by the way. You should uh, probably actually not visit them. They're... I, I will tell you why. But, um, yeah, on the boards, you'll see it's interesting how all the board members, quote-unquote, circle jerk, and they hate, um, they hate Lee Sin, they hate Zed, they hate assassins in general, they, kind of, they hate AD carry mains, not necessarily AD carries themselves, but, like, they hate the people who play them. Um, Riven's starting to make it into the uh, hate threads because um, apparently she has no weaknesses at all. So just play Riven, and I'm, I guarantee you'll win at least 85% of your games because she doesn't have any weaknesses, you know? Can't kite her. <laughs> you can't, you can't out-damage her. She, uh, her health regen is, you know, just insane in lane. Okay, that was a joke, just in case anyone doesn't know. Her health regen is, like, the worst in the game. I think she's, like, with Rengar for a horrible health regen, but... Rengar has a heal, so, I mean, at least he he has a little bit of health there, but, yeah, Riven's health regen is horrible. Yeah. Oh, LeBlanc. They hate LeBlanc. Um, Katarina, my heart, my love, they hate her. Um, they think that tanks and, yeah, they think that tanks and mages are the most healthy classes of champions. They think that supports are, like, support mains are always, like, our life is so hard, um... I'm trying to think if I've covered everything. Those are the main things they complain about. Oh, they hate bruisers. Pretty much they hate everything that isn't a tank or a mage. Um, I don't know why, but they, they just do. You could totally visit the forums and see what I'm talking about. But, like, 
half the threads during the assassin meta was Lee Sin OP, ZOP, and they just, like, keep getting more and more ridiculous in their arguments until they wore off and the tank meta came back, and, you know, Lee Sin's not a super strong pick anymore, um, Zed's not a super strong pick anymore, thank god LeBlanc's not a strong pick anymore, I mean, she's still good, but... I've been seeing a lot less of her in solo queue, which makes me happy because LeBlanc. No me gusta facing LeBlanc. But, yeah. Yeah, this is a really high-quality high quality episode brought to you by Ponderous Sea Lion. He doesn't ramble. What was I even talking about? Meta. But, yeah, so I, I just like the way that the meta shifts and, like, the whole boards are full of Oh my gosh, right? I love you so much. You did it. You you brought the tank meta back. But I, I, yeah, I think that they. I really just think that to sort of balance it out, they need to um change Cinder Hulk's twenty five percent thing to be on another item, just because it when the meta's forcing top laners to take smite, it's just like no, why? Or you know, they just should probably nerf jungle items again in general. Machete now costs 600 gold because, you know, junglers don't... Stop complaining, junglers. All jungle items now cost 5,000 gold. That'll keep the top laners from buying it. I mean, I think that's a pretty good pretty good fix. We should just nerf the jungle across the board, up the cost of the items, and call it a day. I should be on the Riot Balance team. You guys should, like, start a movement. Ponder Sea line for Balance Team 2015. 2016 or 2071 like this if you're watching in 2071 um yeah yeah meta it's a thing sort of oh but i guess if i'm talking about meta i have to do like an anime sequence about being yourself hey guys okay <laughs> this is gonna be so bad i'm gonna get so much hate for this but you know whatever yolo let's do it Hey guys, people may be telling you what to do, and <laughs> I can't even do it. Oh, this is great. It's been great, guys. I uh, had a blast doing this episode. <laughs> so cringy. <laughs> Will Pondersy line be cringy? Will he get another good interview? Will he ever stop asking questions about himself in the third person? Find out on next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Nailed it. Alas, all my beautiful listeners, it is once again time for us to wrap up this episode of League of Legends Radio. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and look me up on Twitter at LO Legends Radio. Again, that's at LO Legends Radio. And follow me there. And use your fancy Twitter grams to tweet at me. Because that's what you young kids are doing these days, am I right? Got em. Oh, and uh, here's a quick teaser of who might be in our next episode. Lux was born in the super cool rich family of the Crown Guards in Demacia. Guys, guess what? It's Lily Pichu. <gasps> yeah, yeah, she's on the sh- she's gonna be on the show. Yeah, that's that's cool, right? You guys should totally check it out. Shameless plug over, and. Remember, stay cool, all you cool cats. Ending these episodes is just getting even better. 
and I'll catch you on the flippity flop. This is the longest. I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to end my in the middle of a sentence. It's just going to. This has been League of Legends Radio. The following content is produced by Game Day Media Productions and is in no way affiliated with League of Legends or Riot Games.